just when you thought there was no hope for baby boomers. It's the Rational Boomer Podcast. Logic, common sense, compassion. Yeah, who knew? Now, here's Mike. We are back on the Rational Boomer Podcast. I hope you're having a great day. Uh, It is Friday, and we have an extra show today because we have Ed with us. And, Ed, you were with us last week, and now you're with us this week, so welcome back. It's a trend. (laughs) It's a trend. It's a trend. We'll get Ed here as much as we possibly can. I've got some other listener shows coming up uh, Saturday and Sunday, too. So we're pretty well set up. Uh, It seems like, Ed, it was a week ago we talked, or thereabouts, and so much shit happens in this country in just a week's time. There's never a problem with coming up to with things to talk about. I mean, the thing no. that happened most recently was this Chinese balloon over the United States, and everybody's shitting yeah. themselves about it. There's been a bunch of different takes about it. What, what, what are you thinking about this balloon thing? Does it make you nervous? Not at all. It's a, it's a weather balloon. I mean, I can see that it's a weather balloon. Um, weather balloons go with the wind, all right? And they, uh, there's no steering mechanism on this, on this balloon. Um, you can say, well, they figured out all the winds and stuff, and that's bullshit. You know, this thing uh, was probably put up by the Chinese weather group, whatever they're called, and it, and it drifted over. Ours do the same things. Fact is, Chinese has satellites, we have satellites, Russians have satellites, everybody got satellites, and they know where every rocket we have is, we know where all their stuff is. That's what I did in the Army, among other things, was figure out where their shit was. Well, we know, okay? And uh, so this is just, this is a tempest in a teapot. It's nothing. If they wanted to shoot it down, they'd shoot it down. I don't know why they're saying this, but we don't want to hurt anybody on the ground. There's nobody in Montana or uh, Wyoming except cows and sheep, pronghorns, that kind of thing. There's fewer people than there is in my hometown in most of those states. Right. No shit. you know, this is all bullshit, you know, but anything that they can, that one side or the other thinks they can turn against the other, they're going to be on it with both feet. It's well, a tempest in a teapot. Well, period. that's my, that's that's my question. You know, if you watch the media, and I don't know if the media is saying it or the government's saying it, but they're calling it a surveillance balloon, as if it's a spy balloon. But we're not going to do anything with it. I got to tell you, if America thought it was a spy balloon, they'd be a little more interactive with that balloon than they're saying. So the question is, why are they telling us it's a surveillance balloon, then do nothing about it and realize it's probably a weather balloon? Why create this fucking mess for nothing? You know, I have a compromise. Just capture the thing. We have... uh... We have many ways that we could do that. Just, uh, you know, uh, go up, get it, take a look at it and say, okay, it was a weather balloon. Here's your weather balloon back. You know, and instead we're having this diplomatic uh, kerfuffle where the secretary is not going to China now, um, Blinken, um, because of this. And uh, the Chinese uh, usually, you know, they don't even respond to junk like this. They haven't taken the, the step of putting out a statement where they kind of apologize for it, but not really. Uh, I still think it's a nothing burger, as they say. Well, you know, the, the question is, is why why do we keep 
Well, I know why the media does it. I just don't know why the government would do it, why they keep putting stuff out and getting us all worked up about it. I mentioned something pre- previous to coming on the, the show here. Over and above the balloon and them telling us it's a surveillance balloon when it's probably not a surveillance balloon. It. The other thing that's really bugged me, I did a TikTok about, is people have been claiming for the last two years that, oh, my. The recession's coming. It's going to be a bad one. Just you wait. The recession is coming. But in those two years, Joe Biden has created 11 million jobs. Just last month, uh, they predicted there would be 187,000 new jobs and an unemployment rate of 3.6. Pretty good. Pretty fucking Mm -hmm. good. But when it came out, it was 517,000 jobs and 3.4% unemployment, the lowest since 69. And still they go, oh, the recession's coming. Why why are they doing that? Yeah. Are they willing it to happen? No, but what they want to do is make it look like one is coming. So you'll vote against the Democrats and elect Republicans because there's this persistent myth for some reason. uh, And people believe it, that Republicans are better for the economy. That's complete bullshit. We know it. All you have to do is get on Google for 15 minutes and you can see that it's exactly the opposite. That especially uh, beginning with Reagan, um, every time the Republicans in office, we do have a recession or else we run the deficit through the roof and then we have to have the Democrats fix it. And that, that's the Republican plan. So this is what they're doing now. They're trying to scare people and saying there's a recession coming. So they'll vote Republican. It's that simple. Well, if you want an example of that, the last uh, real heavy recession we had was coming out of George W. Bush, then handing off to Barack Obama, and he's the one that got us out of the recession. So that's that's proof positive. Republicans create the recessions. Democrats have to fix it. Yet the Republicans continue to try to blame it on Democrats. Now, now my my point is, is is how stupid is the media? They they track that. They track that line. Well, I, I just think the media wants anything that's dramatic, dramatic. Like like you said, if it bleeds, it leads. That's they don't care if it's accurate. They don't care if it matters. Just whatever's going to get them viewers. Well, that's it. And and when you get right down to it, a media personality they're not qualified to judge the economy. Uh, economics is not easy, but it's not as hard as they let on that it is. Right. People are scared of it. They don't understand the how it all works and so forth. So they bring in these, quote, pundits. But the pundits are always from Wall Street. They're always from Goldman Sachs or somewhere where uh, they are on the other side, folks. Sorry, if they're from Wall Street, they ain't working for you. You know, I've said before, one of the problems in this country, one of the reasons we're divided and one of the reasons we're all misinformed is because journalism died a long time ago. And we used to have something, and and I'll just say it was in the 60s and early 70s. So uh, when I say this, I'm not trying to be sexist, but that's the way it was. We actually had newsmen, people who specialized in the news and providing objective information. 
There are no newsmen or newswomen in this country. There are people who read copy. There are people who spew opinions. And there are people that just fucking flat out lie to try to get more viewers. That's the unfortunate thing in this country. We are, we're in an information age and we have never been more misinformed. Absolutely. You got to remember that uh, the news if you will, or journalism was originally a blue collar occupation. These yeah. guys were like plumbers. They spent as much time in the local bar as they did anywhere else, but uh, they knew how they knew who knew something. They knew how to get to them. They knew how to follow a lead. They had informants. They had people that they worked with. If you go back to Walter Cronkite and Chet, Chet Huntley and David Brinkley and uh, all of those, those guys, none of these guys went to college to get a media degree or a journalism degree. They came up through newspapers, into radio probably, and then from radio into television. Uh, it was a, a very rigorous, uh, there was a very rigorous vetting process, let's put it that way. But uh, you didn't have to be good looking. Look at Walker Cronkite. Look at all those guys I mentioned. None of these were these handsome models that we have on there now. No. Um, these were people, they were serious people who were seriously trying to get the story, not their opinion. Exactly. And I've always wondered that when I watch uh, the news, CNN, MSNBC, whatever I'm watching, I always think to myself, what are the odds that you find a woman or a man this beautiful who were, was also good at news and investigative reporting. I don't even believe there's investigative reporters. There's people behind the scenes doing the writing, doing the digging, and they have this face they put in front of the camera to fucking pitch this whole story. They don't do the story. Let me tell you a story, okay? Back when I was when we were working for the radio station, I was the news director there, but I was also an actor. Uh, yeah. When I and, and I would go out at night and, and be in plays and so forth and do commercials and so forth. So I got I got a call for an audition for a local TV station. So I said, well, that's unusual. I'll go in and audition. And what they wanted was somebody to pretend to be drunk and to go into bars and see if the bartenders were uh, uh, doing what they were supposed to do. We had passed laws that they could not serve a drunk individual and so forth. Right. So right. Uh, this was my introduction to TV news. I never saw the guy who 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 delivered the story on the air. No, no. Uh, I worked with a producer and a production team. I'd go into the bar, and two of them would come in with me. They had two cameras. Uh, one was hidden in a bag, and one was hid in a fountain pen. And they would sit on either side of me so they could get uh, different angles and so forth. And then I would go to the bathroom, turn on my microphone, come back, and I would pretend to be drunk, and I'd either get served or I wouldn't. And then when they put it all together, one of the – not the lead anchor of the, the TV station, but a, a guy who did like Sunday mornings and fill in and that kind of thing, voiced the report. But all he knew was he saw what they brought him, right? right. And it was put together and then aired. But that's the way, that's the way TV news works. The, the mouthpiece doesn't do the work in most cases. It's a bunch of producers putting it together. So what you're telling us, for a short period of time, you were paid to be a rat, you son yeah, of a bitch. <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> Taken down a working man. Taken down a working man. Hey, um, I got paid. 
Yeah, well, that's yeah. That's at that point in time, it's a matter of can he keep the lights on and feed the family. Uh, you got to do what you got to do. Um, well, and and I will say that in most cases, absolutely, they did. Uh, it was fun because I got thrown out of some really great places. I uh, got thrown out of the loon physically by the bartender. The loon he came a, the loon cafe. He came around the bar, grabbed me, and on the way out, he yelled at the bouncer <laughs> for letting me in. This guy's hammered. Why are you let him in here? <laughs> <laughs> and, you, have, uh, yeah, there, yeah, you have to understand the Loon Cafe is in downtown Minneapolis, and it was a very yeah. trendy, very popular place back in those days. I don't know if it is now, but uh, I can just see you getting thrown out of the Loon. I mean, I've been thrown out of bars, but for <laughs> legitimate reasons back in the day, not not as of late. A friend of mine's... Uh... Uh, she was a somehow related to him, a shirt-tail relation, was a bartender at one of them, who, where she uh, offered me coffee, she did everything she could, and then she actually called the police to really? say, this this guy just left my bar, and I think he's probably drunk, and he's probably going to be dangerous if you want to cruise by. And she gave him, a, gave him a description on me, and the producers caught it on, on, on tape, so... Uh, she looked really good. Wow. <laughs> yeah, I give you credit. I don't know if I would have done that. I, 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 I'll do some crazy shit, but I, I won't. I won't do that. I wanted to talk to you about the uh, the House of Representatives. This this Republican led House of Representatives that's going to do absolutely nothing over the next two years. Um, you heard about the Ilhan Omar thing. You're from. Yeah, uh, you spent yeah, some time me, in Minnesota. Full disclosure. Yeah, yeah, full disclosure. I voted for Ilhan, Ilhan Omar twice. Right. I was in her district. You know, I'm I'm very impressed with the young lady. Uh, this is pure payback. Uh, this is because they kicked Marjorie Taylor Greene off committees, and now she's the main squeeze, sort of, uh, of Kevin McCarthy. Maybe, maybe actually is. I don't know. There's something going on there. That sounds. That's a, that sounds like something my my granddaughter would say. That sounds ishy. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it does, doesn't it? Yeah. Well, there, there's a love affair going on there, whether it's actual or not. But uh, this is this is payback for that, and you know, for that sort of thing. I mean, uh, Ilhan has said some things about Israel. She apologized. I don't know that she really needed to. Uh, Israel is not the Jews, okay? No. Uh, Israel. We have to relate to Israel like every other country. They're an ally, but when they do crappy shit, we got to call them on it. And they do, especially toward Palestine. So um, I think it was within her purview to be able to voice concerns about that. Um, this whole idea of throwing people off committees is, uh, I don't remember it happening before. I mean, it happened with Marjorie Taylor Greene because she was calling for her colleagues to be executed. Right, right. <laughs> that's that's kind of serious. I have I have one indirect connection with Ilhan Omar. I've never met the woman. I don't know her, but interestingly enough, uh, she had one of her kids was in my wife's class, so she's met with Ilhan Omar in conferences and stuff like that. And she seemed very impressed with him. She seemed like a very nice, very well put together, um, intelligent woman. Uh, th the fact that she may have said some stupid things that's 
That shouldn't surprise anybody when we're talking about politicians. What she said was pretty minimal compared to what Marjorie Taylor Greene, Paul Gozar, Lauren Boebert, Matt Gates, any of those fuckers have said way more than she has. And they got plum, plum appointments on committees. Since you brought it up, Marjorie Taylor Greene, California fires are caused by Jewish Space lasers. Uh, that seem that seems to me a lot worse than anything Ilhan Omar had to say. You you uh, you you would think so. You would think so, but apparently not to Republicans. Here here here's I want to bring this up because I made an assumption about something, and at least from that from that particular instance with this vote on Ilhan Omar, I. Uh, I appear to be wrong. I don't know if I'll be wrong over the long haul, but on this particular instance, I was wrong. I looked at the Republican uh, majority in the House of Representatives, and I know they're divided. You got the MAGA fucks, and you got the conservatives and the moderates. And the conservatives and moderates, we presume, are trying to get as far away from MAGA as they can because MAGA is a losing proposition, as is shown by the midterms. All the shit they do, the shit they're involved in, it's not good for business when you want to win elections. And these other people wanted to step away from MAGA. So they're going to vote on this Ilhan Omar thing, and there's like two or three Republicans that say, yeah, I'm not getting in the circus. I'm not going to kick out Ilhan Omar. So you got the Democratic uh, representatives and at least three of the Republicans that you're going to have vote for Ilhan Omar. But then Kevin McCarthy goes to these three and does something, either bribes them, threatens them, blackmails them, whatever the fuck he did. He turned them around to vote on his side. So we saw exactly what we saw the previous two years, party line votes, Democrats, Republicans, nobody crossed the line. And of course, because they have the slim majority, the Republicans won. Ilhan Omar has has been removed from the committee. Now, I was willing to say I was willing to give them the credit that maybe there are some reasonable minded Republicans that would vote their conscience as opposed to going along party lines. But I was wrong in this situation. And as far as I'm concerned, uh, whether you want to be associated with or, or thought to be part of the MAGA group, by virtue of what they did yesterday in this vote, they're, if they're not MAGA, they're accessories and they're just as fucking bad. So we need to look at this whole Republican Party in the House, all MAGA, all racist, all misogynist, all anti-Semites. Absolutely. The um, I'm told that what he well, this is what they said, or at least one of them said that he came to them and said that he would put in place or he would work to put in place a bipartisan group that would consider expulsions. Equal numbers of in, in this subcommittee or whatever you want to call it on expulsions or whatever, yeah. if they would vote for this one, then they went along with it. Uh, I think it's probably crap. It's an excuse, a cover. You'll never see that happen. No, of course not. I mean, that's that's what the Republicans do better than anybody. They they uh, try to create uh, a perception of they're doing something, and in fact, 
they do nothing. I mean, let's be honest, when they were coming in to uh, try to win the majority in the House of Representatives, you couldn't shut them up about inflation and gas prices and the border. They've been in there a month. They haven't addressed one of those issues for one second of time. It's all been this bullshitting around from taking 15 elections or ballots to uh, get a Speaker of the House, to embracing the most fraudulent, criminal, corrupt motherfucker in the history of Congress, uh, and now to doing this vote to take down Ilhan Omar. Months time they have the power. They were so excited, but they have accomplished virtually nothing. Right, and let's not forget that uh, McCarthy himself removed Adam Schiff and um, uh, the other guy, I can't remember his name right at the moment, from the Intelligence Committee. Eric Swalwell, yeah. That's him, yeah. That's turning out to be a mistake, I think, though. Have you noticed? Well, I hope it is. Well, <laughs> it know, is a mistake. It. it is a know. mistake, but it's going to hurt him and the Republicans. You'll notice that Adam Schiff and Eric Swalwell are taking their shots in the media on a regular basis, embarrassing and taking these fuckers down. These two guys are going to be doing nothing but destroying the Republicans for the next two years, exposing whatever's stupid, whatever's wrong. You're going to see them on TV shows. It's not going to go well for Kevin McCarthy or the Republicans. What they did, I mean, it's typical. They do something and they step on their own dick and they fuck themselves over. That's that's what they do. And they did that in these cases. Because you think Ilhan Omar is going to be quiet? You no. think every, you think every TV stay every cable station in the country is going to have her on if she wants to come on? Fuck her and right. She'll have she'll have a voice and she'll have a platform. She'll be on Sunday morning. You guarantee I can guarantee it. On all the pundits, will have her on at some point. Now, the other thing that's going on there. I mean, I, I I can't believe this playing to the cheap seats by the Republicans is going to work out for them in any way because no. the the big anticipated red wave didn't happen for one reason. People see them as extreme. And they've actually lost ground since the election. Over 70% of the American people, if you believe in polls, see them as not doing anything worthwhile. And uh, then we have uh, Lauren Bobbitt, who's standing up there. You know, McCarthy took out the the metal detectors. So right right now, anybody can walk in uh, with a gun in their pocket and there's nothing to stop them. And you got to figure there's a couple of them. Now, uh, Bobert said uh, uh, this morning or or yesterday, I saw it this morning, that uh, she quoted that 56 percent of the guns in the world are the hands of Americans. And she thinks that's too low. Uh, She wished she had had her gun on uh, January 6th so she could protect herself. She doesn't seem to realize that she was protecting herself from her own people. Right. And Um, and from something she was part and parcel in causing. Exactly. Uh, They can't get their story straight. I mean, either these were peaceful people like tourists who were coming in, or they were a vengeful mob that they were in fear of their lives from, which is exactly the case. I mean, you can see, uh, you've seen Josh Hawley doing the runaway two-step, right? Uh, when he thought uh, he was uh, uh, going to be uh, uh, in danger, and, and so did all the others. They were scared out of their tree, and they should have been, because a mob does not stop to say, oh, she's on our side. No, no, no. they don't do that. 
Uh, also, we have Marjorie Taylor Greene um, equating the murder of the young black man in Memphis by the five black cops where he was beaten to death with Ashley Babbitt getting, or Ashley Babbitt getting shot, right. which he was trying to crash her way um, uh, through the window there. And uh, uh, this false equivalency, these things are just labeling them as complete idiots. And except for the 30% who support them, they're going to lose ground. They're going to con continue to lose ground. And I'm just waiting for the day when one of them stands up and challenges McCarthy because they've got that ability to do that now. Yeah, it's um, going to it's going to ha it's going to happen. There's no question about it. And um, it will happen when he eventually caves on the uh, the debt ceiling because he will have to cave on the debt ceiling um, or we're in deep trouble. Either way, he will be screwed. If he doesn't cave, then uh, the American people will vote out the Republican Party in droves that you've never seen before. I'll be surprised if one of them gets reelected, except right. in their gerrymandered districts. But the, uh, the if he doesn't, they're going to get rid of him. Well, they might go after him before then. I don't know if you noticed there was a story this morning uh, that a reporter caught Kevin McCarthy out in the halls, as they tend to do. And apparently they'd been talking about Ashley Babbitt, how she was murdered and all that stuff. Frankly, she she learned the lesson, uh, fuck around and find out. And, and I want to explain to you how I explain it to Trample Fox. But Kevin McCarthy was asked uh, out in the hall, he, he was asked, was Ashley Babbitt murdered or were the police just doing their job? Doing their job, he said. I saw he said, that. He said doing their job. Well, that's not going to play well in MAGA fucking country at their little incestual orgies or whatever they do when they get together. They are not going to be happy about this. And Donald Trump has already said some shit about it. He's not happy yeah. about it. I don't know why pushing that narrative is important to them that she was murdered. But but I, I talked to a Trump fuck one time. I said, let me explain it to you this way. Say you're sitting in your shitty little living room, drinking a shitty beer, eating your shit sandwich, watching some shitty reality television show, minding your own affairs. Everything's cool. Then all of a sudden, a woman, an unarmed woman, by the way, crashes through your window and threatens to kill you. What are you going to do? Well, you know what they're going to do. They're going to go to their fucking broom closet, grab their AR-15, and shoot this woman and ask questions later. That's what they seem to miss. This woman broke and entered into a building. And actually, where they broke and entered, it was very close to the uh, the House floor or the Senate floor. I'm not sure which one. But it was very close. It was the anti-room. Right. Yeah. So, But it was very it was the close. The house to the it was very yeah. close to where... Um, it was getting to people, you know, members of Congress, and she was shot and killed and she died. And I don't feel any sympathy at all. She was radicalized by Donald Trump and the Republicans. She took it too far. She walked in, broke in, entered, and she got shot. That's what fucking happens. I mean, if you break into any Trump looking's house, you're probably going to get Not shot only too. That. Not only that, the police were yelling out. They were warning them, if you come in, you'll be shot. Right. You know, and she happened to just be the first one in. 
You know, um, they weren't checking to see her sex or anything else about her. She was a figure coming through the window, so she got a bullet. Well, and the thing about it is, is it you know, and I, I, I'm, I'm not diplomatic at all, which is why when people say you should run for office, no, I wouldn't be a good. <laughs> you've worked with me, I would not be a good politician. Um, but, but, um, she went in, she gets shot. And everybody's spewing this information like she was murdered. They know she wasn't murdered. It's just what they do. They take little granular things and they expand on it to try to make their point. But every time they do that, it's nothing more than a lie. You know, everything they pull out on Joe Biden, like like Hunter Biden's laptop, that was in the possession of the Trump FBI in 2019. If something was going to come out, it would have come out then. But they want to expand on it and just change the narrative. They are not a party of substance. They are a party of bullshit. And that's how they do business. Exactly. And and just speaking, I'm, not, I'm sure there are no Republicans listening now, unless they probably not like abuse. But uh, you can use this maybe if on your uncle who is or your nephew or which, whoever in your family is, is, is a raging MAGA. Republican Party does, represents no one um, in their districts. Right. They represent the oligarchs. Um, wherever they may be, because the idea behind having so many representatives, so many districts and so forth, is that the founding fathers recognized that there would be conflict among the states, let's Mm -hmm. say, between New England and the South, which came to a head in the Civil War, of course. Um, and, and the idea is that your representative goes to represent you. Now, uh, if, if, you're rep- if your state is primarily raising cattle, then you're going to do whatever you can to help out with that. You're gonna, if you live in a, a, a district where, uh, let's say, um, you're in the Rust Belt and all your industry went south and then went overseas and you got nothing left, yeah, they're trying to, to get programs going. That's what they should be doing. Right. The Republicans don't do any of that. What do they do? They cut cut taxes on the big boys. That's what they do. And they claim that it's going to benefit you somehow. It isn't. They're not representing you. Not at all. Not at all. They're representing people somewhere else who are giving them the money to run. And they're skimming off a lot of that so that you can see someone like, Lauren Bobbitt and Marjorie Taylor Greene, who go in as paupers and come out millionaires in less than two years. Right. Well, you know that that that's it with with Republicans. It's all smoke and mirrors. There is no substance. And for whatever reason, the dumbest of us, the poorest of us, seem to buy into the bullshit when they are in fact the ones that are going to be hurt the most by the actions of the Republican Party. It amazes me that people are willing to do this and they're not sharp enough to look into it to realize they're fucking themselves over. Exactly. Let me give you an example here just locally. Uh, my representative is Diane Harshbarger. Her husband was, I don't know if he's still in jail or not, uh, they have a, a pharmaceutical company and they were substituting 
Chinese medicines and selling them to the VA, claiming they were manufactured here, the VA right. and hospitals and so forth, right? He goes to jail. She goes to Congress. Now, right. the, one of the biggest problems we have in this area is uh, uh, opioid addiction, uh, originally gotten through pain medication, which was prescribed to people and so forth. They got addicted. Now they can't afford it, so they turn to other things like meth and, and fentanyl or whatever they can find. So we have a huge problem of addiction, a huge problem of crime because of the addiction. She does nothing. She has done nothing. And as a matter of fact, was, you know, a part of basically scamming people. Yet she is our representative, a Republican, and does not in any way represent this district in a positive way. But people don't pay attention. This is a heavily Republican district, basically because of the Civil War. But they've never learned that the Republican Party has become this thing that is out to do nothing but get every dime from them they possibly can and not return a single damn thing. Yeah, yeah. I understand how addiction can be pretty controlling and ruin your life. I drank when I was younger. I haven't drank in 33 years or 34 years or something like that. Haven't missed it. But I've got a new addiction. I've got that Dots pretzels monkey on my back. <laughs> and it's tearing my world apart. I can't lose weight if I eat these Dots pretzels. Have you ever had Dots pretzels? I think they came out of Minnesota. Then they were bought by a big company. I never even thought about pretzels. I didn't like pretzels. But Dots pretzels... Oh, they'll fuck with you. They will fuck with you. And you can't eat just one to steal a, a line from Lay's potato chips. Yeah. Uh, I have my own, my own demons. I'm not addicted to, to anything uh, drug wise, but uh, certainly I've had to, uh, I used to smoke once upon a time. Quitting right. was the hardest thing I ever did. Right. Uh, so I understand addiction. Uh, I also understand that part of that, my addiction was fueled by the tobacco companies putting additives in for that very purpose. So uh, I'm familiar with uh, the skullduggery of the marketplace. If they can sell you something, uh, they would put they would put addictive crap and candy if they could to get the kids early. And who says they don't? You know, well, I, I, sugar, I drink, sugar's addictive. I drink diet pop way too much, okay? Mm-hmm. But you know what diet pop doesn't do? It doesn't fucking quench your thirst. So you yeah. have one diet pop and you have another diet pop. And, 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 you know, I think everything that people sell to us, they try to figure out ways they can addict us to it. And uh, they don't have much trouble with me. Did, did you say you have a current addiction? Mm, no, not really. I, I, um, I, I think I've conquered most of them. But uh, Wow, that's impressive. Yeah, well, I'm just old. It's not enough effort. Yeah. <laughs> it's too much effort. <laughs> I don't want to get out of the motherfucking chair. Yeah. No, I get that. I'm addicted that. to sitting on my – I actually am addicted to uh, uh, social media, particularly Twitter. So, yeah, yeah, I have an addiction. Sure I do. Yeah. Yeah, I'm 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 addicted to sh- sitting on my ass. The uh, pe- the pedometer app on my uh, uh, on my phone tells you how many mm-hmm. steps you've taken. Yeah. Frequently, I'll get a message that says, "Oh, come on, come on, <laughs> motherfucker, get up." <laughs> Mine says, "Are you backing up? <laughs> Should I be beeping?" <laughs> I'm just, I, you know, I'm just glad that on my pedometer thing there isn't a uh, 
automatic call to 911 if I haven't moved for three hours. <laughs> I'd have I'd have EMTs here every fucking day. But um, you know, I'm doing TikToks and I'm doing podcasts and I'm not moving. I'm just sitting here, which is probably what I shouldn't be doing now that I'm 62 and not in the peak of condition. Um, but now have you heard about this situation? We're going to talk more about it at the break, after the break. But Donald Trump has yet another problem hanging over his head, and that is the Manhattan District. It was mm-hmm. funny. I'm going to let you, I'm going to I'm going to spew this out. Then I'm going to let you think about it. We'll take a break. But Donald Trump, uh, the Manhattan District found Trump Organization guilty of seven counts of fraud, and uh, they had his CFO, Alan Weisselberg, plead out and testify against the company. He said he wouldn't testify against Donald Trump, which sounds crazy to me. He got five months. Everybody was feeling feeling bad about him only getting five months. But now it sounds like he may be on the hook again for some other charges. Donald Trump has got the possibility of being charged for fraud in the Manhattan district. And that isn't even the one that's the most scary for Donald Trump. It's the one with uh, Stormy Daniels. Mm -hmm. That's the one he may have the most opportunity to be fucked with. So let's talk about that when we come back. Let's take a quick quick break. And, uh, of course, we'll be right back. Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture, and China, and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. We are back on the Rational Boomer podcast. I've got Ed with me today. Always great to talk to Ed especially when we have a lot of things going on, and there certainly are many things going on in this country. So let's talk a little bit about Donald Trump. And I tell you, Ed, one of the things that pisses me off more than anything is when I hear from people who say to me, nothing's happening to Donald Trump. Nothing's ever going to happen to Donald Trump. And I think that's absolute bullshit. And and I say, shit's already happening to Donald Trump. And I'm convinced these people would only be happy if he's handcuffed, perp walk, and thrown in jail. And that may or may not happen. But a lot of shit is going on. Um, you've got uh you're you're closer to his age than I am. You're you're in your seventies, right? Yeah, I'll be seventy five next year. Seventy five. And he's like seventy six right now. He'll be seventy eight when the election comes around in twenty twenty four. Let me ask you this. At that age, you're better health than he is. You, you, you're, you're smarter than he is. You're not quite as despicable as he is. But can you imagine how your life would feel, assuming nothing's happened to Donald Trump, if they found your company guilty of seven counts of fraud, your CFO pled out and testified against your company and presumably you and spending five months in Rikers Island. Um, Then you've got uh, a grand jury in Georgia just about ready to put out indictments. you got the DOJ looking into at least two grand juries for the insurrection and for the classified documents. 
And now in New York, again, at the Manhattan District, you have Elvin Bragg not only looking into um, not only into his fraudulent cases where he's already lost, his company is lost, but now they're reinvigorating this Stormy Daniels thing. Now, if that were you, would you suggest that nothing's happened to you? Would that weigh <laughs> on your mind at all? Uh, I think it would a little bit. Uh, I think we should also mention, just for the heck of it, that he's also credibly accused of rape, and uh, he admitted to it the other day Yeah, uh, when he said the statute of limitations is up. That happened a long time ago. So that's admission of, of it right there, and the fact that he refuses uh, to give a DNA sample, which would vindicate him, which would mean that he was innocent and he refuses, tells you all you need to know, right? And uh, with the uh, Stormy Daniels thing, his personal attorney who instructed to pay her off went to jail. So uh, why wouldn't he go? That's what I'm waiting to see. Well, yeah, that's my point exactly. First of all, with E. Jean Carroll, Mm -hmm. As I've said, let Donald Trump talk because he will constantly implicate himself. When this first came out about Eugene Carroll, his answer was, I didn't do that. She's not my type. <laughs> I didn't know rapists have types, but, you yeah. know. So anyway, he says that. He, he denies it. He denies it. And now he comes out and says, well, that happened a long time ago. Oh, so you are saying it happened. And you are yes. saying it passed the statute of limitations. Well, the statute of limitations has nothing to do with a civil fucking trial with, with defamation of character. Nope. I mean, this dumb fuck was being charged with defamation of character, and he was trying to use a defense that, well, I was president, I can say anything. And right. that was a weak defense, but it was a defense. So what does that dumb motherfucker do now that he's not president? He repeats the same insults in Twitter, and now he's being sued a fucking gang. And the This other, guy can't other, save his life to save his fucking soul. He says she's not his type, but they show him a picture of her, and he thinks it's Marla Maples, his ex-wife. Yeah. But Joe Biden's the sleepy one. Joe Biden's yeah. the one that's mm-hmm. having problems with cognitive abilities. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but but you know, I was listening to Michael Cohen, and you met, you kind of mentioned this in passing here. Michael Cohen believes that 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 case with Stormy Daniels is the place he's most likely to get an indictment if there's some question of all the other indictments. And it's like you said. Um, a crime was identified there. A crime was committed. We know that Michael Cohen went to jail for said crime. And we also know that Donald Trump was identified as an unindicted co-conspirator. So yep. if Donald Trump was a conspirator of Michael Cohen's, that means he was a co-conspirator in a fucking crime. Plus, right. his his signature is on the checks. Mm. How is he not going to get an indictment? And he claimed it as a deduction. i mean this is it's like the keystone cops only they're sound i mean uh, i can't understand why this guy isn't already in a cell except for the fact that i go back to the old adage and i'm going to paraphrase here because i'll get it wrong otherwise if you shoot at the king you'd better not miss and i really think that's what's going on here uh, uh, Smith now, forget Merrick Garland, Smith is the one in charge and he is getting his ducks in a row so that um, when he shoots at the king, he won't miss. 
Well, at least with Jack Smith, it sounds like he's doing some shit. You know, he's mm-hmm. he's he's doing some pretty heavy investigation, and there's a certain amount of gamesmanship here, uh, chess playing. He's kind of setting it up to get the checkmate. That's what he wants. That's what prosecutors want because they don't want to go in and lose. And I understand that. Um, it it does get frustrating because it takes too long. And and here's where I have a problem with the DOJ and it taking too long. I know you got to wait and I'm going to be patient. I don't need the immediate gratification, but if the DOJ were to step up and actually indict those people in Congress that were involved in the insurrection, I have a feeling we wouldn't be dealing with the problems with this debt limit, uh, mm-hmm. holding us hostage because those people that are holding us hostage are the very people that were part of the insurrection. I have a feeling that if they indicted those motherfuckers, it might take the edge off. I agree. And I can't understand why they have it. We have a video of uh, Lauren Boebert, for example, leading a tour of people who were later arrested, flashing their uh, white supremacy signs uh, in the picture that was taken that right. day. We know that she did that. We know that she tweeted out that it's 1776, the morning of January 6th, before anything had happened. We know she tweeted out that uh, Nancy Pelosi had been taken out of the chambers. She's up to it to her neck. Same with Gozar. Same with Biggs. Uh, same with... Uh, all of these guys, um, we know that they're guilty. There's no doubt about it. Why haven't they been charged? You know, it's funny. When you watch these people in Congress, they see, well, I don't want to say composed because they're fucking nuts, but, but you don't see the fear on their face. Do you think they don't realize that Jack Smith probably has a lot of shit that we haven't seen yet and it's going to come down hard on them? Or are they just putting on a brave face to try to gaslight us into thinking that they have done nothing wrong? We know they did it, things wrong. It depends. I don't think Bobert is smart enough to realize she's in jeopardy. I don't think Gozar is. I think he's nuts. Yeah. Um, uh, actually, a couple of them, I think, are just flat out nuts. Uh, I don't. I think Marjorie Taylor Greene thinks she's changing her image now. Uh, during the fight for uh, the Speaker of the House, she obviously kind of switched horses, and she's uh, she's probably hired somebody to try to redo her image now that she wants to move into the mainstream rather than been seen as a MAGA. But she can't. She just can't help herself. No. She she keeps she keeps coming out with these these things that she thinks are clever. They're not. They're merely in uh, leading to her indictment as well. What they're going to do? Well, you know the the uh, uh, the other Trumplefuck that's kind of had some success in trying to rehabilitate himself, and it just fell apart. Of course, is William Barr. William Barr is a smart lawyer. He tried to step away from Donald Trump and talk shit about Donald Trump. Uh, But then all of a sudden we get this New New York Times report that said, you know, that pointed out that he was pretty much gaslighting the country and and lying about what was in the Mueller report to take the edge off of that. 
And then he hired John Durham to investigate the investigators who were investigating the investigators or whatever the fuck it was. And John yeah. Durham, I watched TikTok. I watched all the social media and all the Trump cucks said the same thing. Oh, you wait. John Durham's going to tear into him. We're going to put Donald Trump back in the Oval Office. I even saw John Durham on TikTok acting like a tough guy superhero. I'm on the job. But when the end mm -hmm. came around, he found jack shit. It was like a rerun of Benghazi. But the crazy thing is, apparently they found some crimes that Donald Trump committed. And <laughs> what did they do? They covered that shit up. And we know from past history, it's one thing to commit a crime. That's a problem. You try to cover up that crime. That's where people go to fucking jail. Now, to me, rather than uh, focusing on weather balloons, they should be focusing on that. What were right. the crimes? Uh, who covered them up? Uh, this goes back to the Mueller report the day it was released. And, uh, and, and Barr comes out with his summary and says, we didn't find anything. And, of course, the report did not say that. No. Where was the media? Why weren't they beating on that for a month to get the real story out? They just threw up their hands and said, that's it. Uh, a complicit media is not a media at all. And that's what we've got happening here. Um, corporate owned media is worthless because they will commit sins of omission rather than commission. And that's what exactly what happened there because the big boys wanted Trump reelected. Why? Because they were making money hand over fist because right. he would give them everything they wanted. They own the news. So it works for them. It does work for them. And I will say, uh, when the Mueller report came out, in spite of the fact the media weren't talking about it, I was pounding on it because you don't have to be a genius to understand that Mueller report. You don't even have to read the whole Mueller report. At the very least, there was 10 occasions of obstruction of justice by Donald Trump. Exactly. He committed those crimes. And, of course, Mueller said, well, we can't indict him because of some fucking memo with the DOJ. But they asked him very specifically, when he's not president, could he be indicted for these crimes? And he said, yes, he could. That is a long way from exoneration or 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 being a hoax. He did commit crimes. And I talk to Trump fucks all the time. Well, that was just a hoax. No, it wasn't, you dumb motherfucker. Just read a fucking article. Just read the report, one page of the report, and you'll know that you're a fucking dumbass. Exactly. And and um, I speaking of this memo, I've read the Constitution. I did it on purpose just so I could say I've read it. There is not one word in the Constitution that says a sitting president can't be indicted for a crime. No. Or that any official, uh, sitting official, can't be indicted for a crime. That's stupid. The um, there's uh, let's see back in the I guess it was the 70s. Jules Pfeiffer had a play called the White House Murder Mystery <laughs> along the, those lines. Uh, the fact is that you can be charged because crime is crime. And if, as people keep saying, no one is above the law that has to include the president. Well, and, 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 you know, if you read the Constitution and try to kind of figure out what they meant, again, you know, this was done a long time ago. A lot of things that exactly. are happening now they didn't even know about. <laughs> Excuse me. But what I'm thinking about is 
if what they meant by the Second Amendment, and I'm sure they did because they were a young country and they had they had uh, leaders, but they knew that bad leaders could infiltrate the government. And the Second Amendment, as far as I could see, as far as a regulated militia, because it was a young country, they said people should be well-regulated militia should be able to have weapons to take back their country in the occasion when we've got, you know, traitors in our government. Now, if they allowed people to have guns or well-regulated militias to have guns to attack our government, if we've got bad people in the government, why wouldn't they be willing to allow them to be fucking indicted? That doesn't, it doesn't make any sense. You can go fight with them, but you can't indict them. That's bullshit. That's something that somebody made up. And the reason they did it is because it would complicate things and it would get too political. That's the thing we should have. We can have the politics leading up to an election. But once the election happens and we have people seated, politics should leave. Governing should take place. Absolutely. I think the Second Amendment is the most misinterpreted amendment of all. Um, the First Amendment, people think there are things in it that aren't. But uh, the Second Amendment is uh, misinterpreted, and it's misinterpreted on purpose. Uh, the simple thing about the Second Amendment was that the new country, the United States, could not afford a standing army. Right. They had to rely on the state militias so that if England decided to come back and attack us or whatever, uh, they could call up the state militias and not have to have a standing army. That's all it was. Uh, you've heard of Benedict Arnold, right? I did. Okay, early on, he was, uh, before he did his turnaround and, and uh, uh, became uh, and went with the British, um, he was instrumental in getting arms for the Massachusetts militia he led a crowd to go break into the armory where the rifles were kept. Right. This was not, they were not, uh, everybody didn't have a gun in, in uh, revolutionary America, pre-revolutionary America. Most people didn't out on the frontier. Certainly some of them did um, most maybe even, but uh, uh, in towns and so forth, people just didn't do it. They didn't carry guns around with them. There was no need to. They carried heavy canes and things like that, maybe. But firearms just weren't utilitarian. It took too long to reload them. Right. You, shoot, you got five guys coming at you. You got one shot, and then you're dead. If you got two guys coming at you, you got one shot, and then you're dead. Right. It, it, the whole thing is stupid. Um, you remember um, uh, Daniel Boone. Uh, did you ever watch the show? Yeah. Yeah. He had a little boy named Israel. Right. right. Israel was uh, later killed by, uh, um, they said by Indians, but it was kind of a mixed bag of outlaws and Indians together. He and some other guys were driving some cattle. They were unarmed. Yeah. I mean, this is the thing. People really, really believed that everybody had a gun. They didn't. They were very expensive and uh, they were used for hunting. They were used on the frontier and for protection and so forth. But in the towns, there was no need for them. Now, the rural people, if they had guns, it was for one reason, to get fucking dinner. I yeah, mean, they, exactly. that, that was the only option they had. They couldn't go down to uh, Publix and grab a fucking cereal. They had to go out and hunt and get those things. 
And and you're right. I mean, I think we get people looking at things in the Constitution and then interpreting them any way that fits their agenda. We get the same thing with the Bible and the Ten Commandments of, of, okay, it says that, but this is what I believe it to say, and I know it in my heart because God told me. Yeah, fuck you. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And and, uh, there's been a trend in religion now to say, well, I know what the Bible Bible says, but we have the new apostolic revolution, meaning these these new guys are getting shit from God that ain't, ain't in the Bible, right? Right, right? So they're just as good as Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, those famous Jewish people with English names that uh, uh, that hung around with Jesus, right? But they're just as they're, ju- they're they're still getting the messages just the same way, right? Right? Yeah, it, you know it's. It's amazing what people will do, and they they seem they hold the Constitution and the Bible precious, and they claim to follow it to the T, but they pervert it with their own ideas and their own ridiculousness, and then they throw it up in our face as to uh, they're better than us because we're going against the Bible. Well, who says we're going against the Bible? Who says we're going against the Constitution? The Constitution was written— um, there's not a lot of specific shit in there. And and the reason there's not a lot of specific shit in there is because there wasn't enough paper. You can't mm-hmm. write everything. That's why, you know, Marjorie Taylor Greene was talking about an amendment, the Second Amendment, and she said, it's absolute, <laughs> which which is the contradiction of what an amendment is. It's yes. not fucking absolute. It's been fucking amended. Exactly. And we've done away with some amendments, too. Remember prohibition? That yeah. was an amendment. We had to put in another amendment to remove the amendment. Right. We had to put in an amendment to give women the right to vote uh, and to free black people. We had to do all of that and to give them the vote. We've we've amended and amended and amended. Because, and right in, the, right in the Constitution, it says just because we didn't mean something doesn't mean it's prohibited. We know that things are going to evolve. There's things in the future that we can't possibly think about now. Uh, they're, they're not even in our imagination yet. Uh, could they, at that point, did they have the slightest inkling that the United States would stretch all the way to the Pacific Ocean? Of course not. No. They didn't have, and they didn't have that that uh, that idea. Even when uh, even when Jefferson bought the Louisiana Purchase, it, 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 they knew that it would take probably a hundred years to incorporate that into the country, and they certainly didn't see the Southwest or California being part of it. I, I did. I did a TikTok recently that took me by surprise, and I was talking about the trouble I have realizing the number of people that are actually stupid in this country. I do TikToks all the time, and I might get 10,000, I might get 5,000, I might get 20,000, occasionally I'll get 100,000. But this one, I don't know what the fuck I did differently, because they sound like just all the other ones. This one's got a million point three views, and it's still Mm. growing. And basically what I was saying is that I'm most, the thing I find most disconcerting after the last six years is realizing just how stupid people are. And I don't know if it's really that they're stupid or they're just, they're just, I don't know, evil. 
uh, we're constantly hearing these ridiculous things. I think back to the 60s and 70s about the criminal politicians like like Nixon. We heard some bad shit from Nixon. He committed some crimes. He got his due to a certain extent. But it's, it, it's just gotten ridiculous. If you were to go back into the 70s and tell some of the news stories that are going on now, like QAnon and all that stuff, people would fucking laugh at you. They wouldn't oh, even yeah. take you seriously. It'd be on those late night radio shows with all the conspiracy theories. It wouldn't be mainstream, but now it's mainstream. And it can only mean that people are openly trying to gaslight people or they're just fucking stupid. It's uh, a little bit of both. The uh, If you go back to high school, now you were a little behind me in yeah. high school, about 10 years, right? Right. But uh, I can remember high school for some reason better than I can remember this morning. Right. Uh, possibly because it's our formative years and we're just learning how to deal with people and so forth and, and, and uh, trying to figure out how the heck we're going to make a living and move on in life. I can remember, though, that uh, only about I'm going I'm going to be generous here and say 25 percent of the people I went to school with had any interest in being in the school at all beyond uh, maybe playing on the football team or something like that um, and having a place to go during the day. They didn't study. They were, uh, you know, they might squeak by with a D average. And I swear, uh, but they were not at all interested in uh, civics or history or anything like that. It went over their head. And if you don't get it, and they didn't go on to any other education. So if you didn't get it, then you're never going to get it. And that makes you pray to anybody who says something that sounds, well, really reinforces your prejudice. I mean, I I lived in a part of the country that was very prejudiced against black people. Most of the, a lot of the people, not all of them, but a lot of the people I went to high school with still are. Some of them pretend they're not, but they still are. And others aren't. But uh, still, it's about that 25%. So, yeah, um, there, is a, there is a stupidity factor. And, and people forget, too, that, that um, we are still evolving. I mean, once upon a time, there were, there were more uh, upright people than, than, uh, than us, than the uh, modern man. You had right. your uh, Denisovans and you had your Neanderthals. And, and they keep finding others, too that uh, we won out somehow or other, but that doesn't mean that we're at the peak yet. And I look around and I see that guy isn't quite making the cut, (laughs) you know, Uh, that some of us are just unevolved and and we'll never make it. I'm sorry. Uh, and, And to a certain extent, I think we have to take care of them. But at the same time, we can't let them run the show which is what the Republican Party, especially in the House, has become. Uh, we have people in the House of Representatives now that wouldn't have been allowed to clean the place, right? When, right. when, when, when we were kids, even. No, it's it, it it it's it's truly amazing. You know, I think part of it too is uh, people are lazy, and I don't mean to insult the listeners of the podcast. One of the reasons I did the Rational Boomer podcast is because they were only getting so much information from the uh, 
the uh, mainstream media. They weren't getting all the information. So I thought, well, if I dig a little deeper into those stories and get all the facts, then we can make a better judgment about what's going on and what our prospects are. Now, anybody can do that. Anybody can do what I'm doing, what you're doing. But they either don't have time, they don't have an interest. I get people telling me, I don't even listen to the news. It depresses me. Well, that's not a good attitude to have if you want to live in this country. You should know as much as you can. Now, the people that listen to the Rational Boomer podcast, if they're too busy or tired of listening to the droning on of the uh, media, mainstream media, that's cool. I appreciate the fact they're listening here and giving me an opportunity and you an opportunity to give them all the facts to hopefully better inform them to make better decisions and have a better sense about what we're dealing with. But this country is woefully misinformed. Uh, and again, the divisiveness that the media creates because everybody's got a different story. If you listen to Fox News and I listen to MSNBC, we can talk on a subject and there will be no common ground there because we are told different things. It's fucking crazy. Mm-hmm. And it's it's bad for this country. It is, but the truth is out there, to paraphrase the old uh, um, X-Files TV show. But uh, you have to look for it. And one place to look for it, and and this is why in Florida right now, they're trying to purge libraries of certain books. No, all books. They're taking all all books books out. At this this case, yeah. But what they're really going for, and and that's overkill, obviously, but what they're really looking for is things like the Grapes of Wrath. On, on Twitter the other day, I put up a tweet that said, um, they came in caravan, it's a fleeing um, climate change and uh, economic disparity, and they, as they moved across the country, they were uh, uh, subject to harassment and brutality, and when they finally arrived at their destination, they were herded into overcrowded work camps. They were called Okies. Right. And uh, it, it got quite a bit of uh, of response because everybody assumed I was talking about uh, uh, people from Mexico and Point South uh, because of the border thing. But no, this is exactly the way uh, the way we're dealing with people at the border who are trying to come here for a better life. We did exactly the same thing with people from Oklahoma and Minnesota and other during the Dust Bowl. They had to leave because there was nothing there. They couldn't make a living, and they were pushed right on through until they couldn't go any further, so they wound up in California, and they were the original migrant workers who picked the fruit and so forth before there was anybody coming in from Mexico. So, uh, But you don't get that in history books anymore. You have to go to the novel, The Grapes of Wrath, and you'll find it there. And the right. same thing is true of the black experience. If you go to the history books, you're going to get some white professor's um, regurgitation of the civil rights movement. You're not going to get Malcolm X. You're not going to get people from the Harlem Renaissance. You have to find those books, and they have to be in the library for you to find them. This is what they're going for. They're trying to get rid of the truth. That's what they're going for. They want to get rid of the whole uh, LBGTQ experience. They don't want that for anybody to see that other than it's somehow bad. They don't want uh, uh, things that, that, that would make people that are a little bit different from you feel real. They want to keep them as this other, this threatening thing out there that you don't really know much about. 
That's what's going on in Florida. And it's just a test case. I mean, it's just there. It's a lab. That's what Florida is right now, because it's not going to just be Florida. If they can get away with it there, it'll be in Tennessee tomorrow. As a matter of fact, it already is. It'll be in every other southern state and every other state that's red. You will see that happening. There won't be books in the classroom anymore. There won't be many in the libraries, and they certainly won't be anything that doesn't push that all the you will find is something pushing the white experience, something that says America is the greatest country ever, and that we've never done anything wrong. There will be nothing about the Native American experience. There'll be nothing about slavery. Slavery, it'll all be be, uh, thrown out. That's what they're going for. You better wake up because your grandchildren won't know anything about this country that's true. Well, and 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 and, and it really resembles what what gone on for decades in Russia. Yes. What Russia knows about America, what Russia knows about Russia, is is just fabricated and fed to them with a spoon. You know, if there was a rich guy or woman, rich liberal who wanted to be an activist and maybe could even make money off of it. But I I think it would be better if it was free. Create a website where you could download any banned book you want and Mm -hmm. read it for free. That Actually, there is one. Is there? (laughs) Google banned books and you'll find about four four or five of them right off the top. Oh, really? Well, then we need to promote the shit out of that. So go to Google, yes. ask uh, Google banned books, and then download all the ones you want. I know a lot of people are getting together in some of these banned kids' books. Uh, they're going out and going on Amazon and buying them in bulk just to piss off Florida or whoever else is going to want to do that. You know, it troubles me about Florida. I always like Florida. It's a beautiful state. There's a lot of people in Florida um, that um, – that I like, that are friends of mine. I'd still like to get down to the Keys. That's the one place I haven't seen. Uh, But I wouldn't go spend any time there for anything. I mean, the one thing that feeds the government is tourism. They seem to be doing everything they can to destroy tourism. I'm not going to give them my money. I mean, I'm going down to Georgia tomorrow. And because of where my wife works, I can't fly directly into Savannah. So I had to... Earlier, I had to fly into Jacksonville and then drive up to Savannah. Now I have to fly into Orlando and then drive up to Savannah. It's about three, four hours. Uh, But I got to tell you, as soon as I get in Florida and get in that car, I'm getting the fuck out of Florida. I don't even want to buy gas in Florida. That's the thing. I mean, that's what we have to do. I'm sure you noticed the other day they got another guy from the villages who voted twice. Yeah. Uh, that, that seems to be their recreational thing now is voting more than once. And uh, if you want to find uh, 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 nothing but assholes, just just visit the villages, you know. You <laughs> know what? I've looked into the villages. I think I've known some people who have lived in the villages. Um, wow. That's, you know, that's all people above 55. They're all of mm-hmm. our of our vintage but that sounds like a fucked up place. I mean, what, what, wasn't there some story about their, they, they have STDs running rampant in that place? Oh, yeah. How Big disgusting time. is that? 75-year-old yeah. women and men getting fucking STDs because they got nothing else to do but have sex with one another. And sex is fine even when you're old. But Jesus Christ, you haven't heard of a condom for Christ's sake? 
Well, not only that, apparently nursing homes are big bad for that too. So, uh, wow. especially assisted living, I think, so, a whole new connotation, doesn't it? So we got um, something to look forward to. <laughs> apparently, the uh, the other thing I would caution about though is that there are a great number of what I can that people consider great books okay um uh, to kill a mockingbird for example uh great movie great book everybody says but but it falls prey to one thing that you have to watch out for uh you remember the movie recently it's been fairly recently about the black women who did all the math for uh NASA um it'll come to be in a minute but uh um uh, it played pretty well. Um, uh, several black women were like human calculators. Oh, yeah. It's that, called uh, something numbers. Hidden, hidden figures. Hidden yeah. figures. That's okay. what it's called. Okay. Well, they, they, they did the movie, and I'm glad they did. And they did the movie of To Kill a Mockingbird, which I'm glad they did. But in both cases, they did something that, that is very subtle, but you have to watch out for. They made a white savior. They put yeah. Kevin Cosner in there, a guy who did not exist and they kind of made him the hero of it when he had nothing to do with it. They did the same thing with uh, with Atticus in uh, Kill a Mockingbird. In both the movie and the book, he becomes the the white savior, even though he doesn't save the guy. But but it becomes focused on him instead of the black people. Now, before uh, she wrote To Kill a Mockingbird, the author wrote a book called Go Set a Watchman. I tell everybody, read that first, or if you've already read um, To Kill a Mockingbird, read it second, because it really, it, it reads as a continuation, actually, even mm. though she wrote it first. But Atticus is a much more real figure in it. He actually is not this white savior. He's a conflicted person who uh, um, knows that he can't become not prejudiced, but he raises his daughter to be not prejudiced which to right. me is much more noble than this figure that they've created uh, uh, in uh, To Kill a Mockingbird. So you gotta, you got to watch for that stuff, and you got to look for the real black authors, and you gotta got to read what they have to say, like James Baldwin, uh, great stuff. Go read that, okay, because you may not be able to find it soon. No, it's, it's pretty frightening, uh, the whole fascism thing. Uh, have you listened to... Rachel Maddow's podcast, Ultra? Yes. Okay. The weird thing about that is, is that all happened way back. You and I I hadn't known anything about this. This wasn't publicized to us while we were going to school and that stuff. Uh, It happened. And now it seems like the very same thing is happening, this insurgent of fascism. And I don't understand what the... uh, the appreciation for fascism is, is it just rich, wealthy people gaslighting and fooling dumb people? Is that all it is? Yes, that's all it is. Uh, they benefit from it. And, uh, they, uh, I knew some, not, not, not the, the story that Rachel tells. I had heard a different story, but I was aware of what went on in the thirties and how many Americans really dug that Hitler guy. Yeah, uh, there was a, a major uh, the American Bund, it was called, had a, a, a rally at Madison Square Garden with 25,000 people who showed up. Uh, Donald Trump's father was arrested uh, at a KKK thing uh, in New York. 
right. all throughout the country, the KKK was just gigantic. It was huge. And it was feeding right into this, this fascist thing. There is a persistent rumor that, uh, and I, I really believe it to be true, that uh, Henry Ford, DuPont, and some others, who were, of course, big fans of Hitler and actually helped him out, yeah. um, um, wanted a coup against Roosevelt. Right. And they approached um, General uh, Smedley Butler, who was uh, the general of the Marine Corps, retired, and they wanted him to lead this force they would put together, much as Donald Trump put together a force to take. They wanted him to um, take over Washington, and they would bankroll it, and he would lead it because he was a popular figure and so forth. But Smedley turned out to be a real American, and he turned him in. Right. Uh, Roosevelt, not wishing to uh, go through the put these guys on trial and so forth and disrupt the country with, with uh, everything that was going on with the, the depression and so forth, uh, elected to call them in and say, look, uh, you try this again, you're going to jail. Yeah. You, you know, we're going to be watching you. And if they let it go with that, I do yeah. believe that's all true. I, I believe it is true too, and and I, there's a lot of notable people that were interested in Hitler and the whole idea of fascism. Uh, we know that George W. George H. W. Bush's father was kind of in the mix with the Nazis. We know that Charles Lindbergh, one of our country's greatest heroes, was kind of in bed with the Nazis as well. Uh, yes. there, 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 there's just this attraction by rich and powerful people to fascism, mainly because they think they should be in control of everything. And we be uh, just these um, peasants that give, get what we're given and, and should be happy about it. Uh, that is contrary to what the constitution tells us. And it's ironic that they spew the constitution when they're trying to do everything to subvert the constitution. Yeah, and they scream the boogeyman of socialism when socialism is the only thing that's ever done anything for for the mainstream of, of America. Uh, Social Security is socialism. Medicare is socialism. Uh, public schools are socialism. I'm sorry, folks. You don't like those things? That's too bad. And the schools are under attack, especially in Florida right now. And that's also what this is all about. Do away with the public schools. Just have private schools because we can make money off them, and at the same time, we can decide the curriculum. Right. And, you know, FDR, Fed, uh, Franklin Delano Roosevelt, if you go back in history and you talk to anybody, they think he was a great president. He helped turn things around with the Depression and all this stuff. He was a great guy. But back in those days, those Republicans, those conservatives, those people in power that had money were all screaming about FDR being socialist. They hated FDR. But over time, all of the things that FDR did uh, created some wonderful opportunities and made this country better. So that that should tell us when they keep doing what they're doing, they're trying to hurt this country, not help this country. And anybody that tries to help this country is their fucking enemy. And so that should mean they are an enemy of this country. Ultimately, the people who bankroll the Republican Party, and they're not Republicans, they're not Democrats, they're oligarchs, and they're internationalists. They don't care. They, they're they just as fine, they would be just as fine if Putin were in charge here as, he, as if he were in Russia, because they benefit. Uh, they are always the enemy. 
they were the enemy in the 30s, they are the enemy now, and they will be the enemy tomorrow. And that's the thing. They divide us on purpose. They make us see my neighbor as my enemy if he's a Republican and I'm a Democrat. Now, uh, there are a few Republicans I know and respect, but I don't. I ask them, how can you still be a Republican? Well, we'll reform the party. And I say, well, you better get cracking because you've got work to do. And it's going to take about 10 years to rehabilitate yourself and before you're a factor or at least different than what they're there. They are now. They, they've got a long way to go to change whatever they're doing. And unfortunately, they've got a number of people in that Republican Party that aren't interested in changing or don't think there needs to be a change. Right, exactly. And you get these half half ass proposals like a 30 percent, quote, fair tax um, on on everything you buy. Um, and getting rid of Social Security and Medicare. What are you going to do with those people um, when they're on the street? I mean, what are we doing with them now? We're ignoring them. We're pushing them. We're criminalizing uh, the homeless. Um, they they don't care. <laughs> you know, yeah. uh, it's, it's like with COVID. Uh, uh, they were just fine with old people dying, right? Yeah. yeah. It seemed like, you know, they were telling them, don't get the shot. Don't get the shot. You'll be fine. You know, you that's know, a, and that's the interesting thing. There's been a resurgence of people talking shit about the vaccination and all this stuff. Right. Why is that coming back? I mean, why is that a thing? There isn't the pressure to get the vaccination anymore. I got all of them and I'm perfectly fine. Um, but why, why are they bringing that back up? Is it they're that desperate for things to bitch about? It's part of it. But remember, you know, they were on the wrong side of it. They were saying, don't get the vaccine and so forth. A million plus people died. But so they have to rehabilitate their image. Now they're, now they're trying to say, look, we were right because, um, the, the vaccine causes heart attacks. Look at that football player or anytime somebody dies, you know, uh, whether it's uh, David Crosby or whoever it's now it's because they got a vaccine, not because they lived a crazy weird lifestyle or they got, hit by a linebacker in the chest. Right. Uh, they're trying to make it about, and they're trying to demonize Fauci and anybody who did anything to try to help people uh, through the uh, uh, through the pandemic. It's not over either. I mean, no. there's, this, is, this is the thing. There are still 2,000, 3,000 people dying every day from COVID. Every there, day. Yeah, yeah. It's, it, it's not over. I think people have gotten away from the scare of it. They're not as afraid of it as they once were. And if you've got your vaccinations, you don't need to be scared. I mean, what they love to say is, well, you got the vaccination, but you still got COVID. Well, yeah, but I didn't die of COVID. It isn't going to stop you necessarily from getting COVID, but it's going to save your life if you do get COVID. And the vaccine will continue to get better. Probably we're going to have a vaccine every year, just like we do a flu shot. And, um, I haven't had the flu in 20 years because yeah. I get a flu shot every year, yeah. you know, and, and I've lucked out. But I, I have not been uh, I've been sick once in oh at least 20 years with that kind of an ailment. You know, part of the reason I didn't get flu is because I wore a mask and stayed home yeah. <laughs> during yeah. COVID, you know. And so that was the thing. We saw that when people did that. um you know, people were dying 20, 30,000 people a year from flu. It was down under a thousand 
the years that we wore the masks and did uh, sanitizing and social distancing. What does that tell you? You know what we should do? Because they're so easily gaslit, um, we should start a narrative that there is a pandemic of liberalism and transgenderism. And if you don't cover your face and if you don't stay indoors, you're going to be liberal and transgendered. And that would be the most horrible thing for these people. And maybe we can keep them indoors and keep their mouths shut and covered with masks. Maybe that's what it will take for them to actually react. And and we can laugh at them while they're fucking doing it. Well, this this is the thing, too. And, I, and how they... Uh... What's the word I want? They explode everything. Okay, the transgender thing. All right, exaggerate. Yeah, yeah. I, I, there are probably, I've known two transgender people in my life. Both terrific people, by the way. But uh, they represent. I've, I've known and met thousands of people. I've met two transgender people. Two. Right. And I don't think that I'm that uh, uh, exceptional in that way. I think most people have never met one, even. And uh, it's it's like point zero 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 twelve or something percent of the population. But they're making it seem like it's this gigantic thing that schools are having to make these huge accommodations and, and thousands of kids are being thrown into Vanderbilt Hospital and had their sex change and so forth. And it's just not the case. Right. It's it's a big, big lie. You know, the thing about it is transgendered people aren't my concern. Uh, if I, I don't know that I know any, but if I did, it wouldn't make a difference. You know, the people who kind of piss me off are the bankers and insurance men uh-huh. that, that buy – that buy Harley Davidson motorcycles and they try to act like, like they're fucking bikers. Those fucking people annoy me or the guys that are wall street guys and buy cowboy hats and cowboy boots and try to convince you that they're a cowboy or the guy in Congress. I can't remember his name. He talks like an old cowboy and he just, you know, he's trying to be clever and he's just a dumb fuck. I hate those fucking posers, you know? So, you can hate transgendered, but you motherfuckers got some issues too. You're posers in your own right in a different way. It just doesn't have to do with sex because who wants to have sex with a Republican? Fucking nobody. No, they have to pay for it. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Well, we're running out of time here. So I want to thank you, Ed, for coming in, stopping in and, uh, and talking. No doubt we'll talk to you next week. There's going to be a lot of shit going on. I think we're going to uh, see some action with the courts in the next couple of weeks, I hope. And uh, I hope. So, so we'll have plenty to talk about. But but thank you for stopping in. Uh, you bet. I always uh, helps me focus my thoughts. And, and Mike, thanks for doing what you're doing, because uh, I do believe that most of the media now is, is simply carrying water for the oligarchs. And uh, I mean, there's a few MSNBC has a few people on there and uh, even CNN still has a few. But but yeah. by and large, I'm, I'm seeing that if you want the truth, you're going to have to go to guys like Mike. You're going to have to go to the podcast. And um, uh, thanks for thanks for taking the time to do it. Well, I'm retired. I ain't got much going. So <laughs> this does two things for me. It keeps me busy. Three things. Keeps me busy. Keeps me out of trouble. And I somehow feel if I keep my mind working, I don't have to worry about losing it later on. Because you said, 
you know, I, I've said the same thing about having memory lapses. I can remember the 70s like they were yesterday, but I frequently forget to zip my pants coming out of the bathroom. <laughs> so I got to keep my mind sharp. I got to keep doing something. I got to keep thinking and talking. You know, talking's like singing. If you don't talk like we did on the radio, you lose your chops. It's it true. took it took a while for me to get it back when I was doing the TikToks. And when I finally got in the groove, I said, okay, I'm not going to let this go again. My, talking is the only fucking skill I have. And I'm talking quantity, not quality. But I'm going to keep that skill well honed. Well, because I'm a Chinese agent, I've been thinking of doing some TikToks myself. And I, <laughs> I was doing doing some practice runs, and I go, whoa, God, what happened to you? <laughs> but but as you say, with a little practice, it starts to come back. But Well, uh, well let, let, uh, let's do this on the show real quick. I, I'm just going to ask you, because I know we'll talk about it after we hang up here, but or I'll go uh, off the record. Uh, I've been encouraging you to do TikToks. Are you getting closer? I am. I, I'm... I'm my goal is to have 20 set up so that I can just start putting out one a day. And as before I run out of those 20, I will have more done. Um, but um, so, yeah, I'm getting closer. I, I have another thing in the offing, too. You know that I wrote a book. And uh, right now I'm uh, going through the final final draft one more time for uh, punctuation and all of that kind of stuff. And I'm getting ready to launch that self-published on, uh, I don't know, I haven't picked one yet, either uh, either Kindle or Barnes & Noble, you know, one of Apple right. Books or something, maybe as many as I can. But, um, you know, I'm, I'm working on that too. So they're, I'm kind of taking a day about getting uh, ready to do that because I'd like to kind of do launch the TikToks and then the book shortly thereafter. Well, and just so folks at home know that uh, it's not going to be about politics. It's not about politics. Well, well actually. <laughs> okay, I was lying. No, it's an adventure story, but it does include my philosophy. Uh, you know, there's uh, a couple of mouth my mouthpieces included in it. And uh, um, so they will be uh, what they say is what I believe on, on, on things like religion and politics uh, uh, and, and other things. So, uh, yeah, it'll be a political book, but disguised as a, oh, uh, as a fantasy, uh, something along the lines of if, you, if you've ever read the, read the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy or yeah. uh, uh, some of Neil Gaiman's stuff, it, it's, uh, it's, it's more um, a spoonful of sugar to help the politics go down, so to right. speak. I got you. But, but the TikToks you're going to do are going to be, uh, interesting and fun stories right yeah you're not going to do politics well everything's politics right i mean there'll be a quote moral pretty much to each of them because uh otherwise it's just bullshit but um so there might might be a political bent to it but not directly Okay. Okay. Well, when that, when that occurs, when he has the book available and when he has the TikToks available, I'll make sure all the folks on the podcast know about it. And then on TikTok, I'll uh, duet some of your TikToks so we can get it out to as many people. I think you'll find it entertaining. Uh, Ed is an actor. He is a writer and he writes some very interesting and entertaining stuff. Uh, 
And uh, so so it'll be interesting for you to listen to. It won't be anything like you hear here necessarily, but it will be a great entertainment and informational value. So we'll let you know when that becomes available. So, all right. And that'll be $75. You just Venmo me, okay? <laughs> you bet. <laughs> but anyway, I want to tell the folks at home, thanks for taking time out to listen. And uh, I will be back tomorrow. And I hope you have a great day. Thanks for listening to the Rational Boomer Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. We'll see you next time.